Welcome to Poets and Writers. This is Henry McCarthy coming to you from the beautiful Emory and Henry College campus, WEHC 90.7. We've got a great show for you today. We've got Miho Kennison from down in Hilton Head, South Carolina. She's a great poet. So, Miho, we're going to get right to it. Let's talk about your books. Go for it. Waiting for Sunset to Barry Red Camellias is my third book. And this one was published in uh, in Charleston, South Carolina. My publisher is Marcus Amaker. He was actually, he himself is a poet. He was the first poet laureate of Charleston, South Carolina. Henry, you might know him. Yes, I know of him, yes. Right, and uh, he is a graphic designer, and uh, my cover is really beautiful. It's a, a picture of Canarias, and I really love this cover, the design by my publisher. And then I have uh, two other books that came um, about five years ago, four years ago. It's Move Over Bird, and uh, four years before that, 2014-15, Today, Fish Only. That was my first collection. They're both from Mass Paper Press mm-hmm. of uh, uh, publisher in Singapore. Oh, yes, and I know. Give me those titles again. Move Over Bird and uh, go ahead and... Today, Fish Only. Today, Fish Only, yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, gosh, one of them you had a great video on. Which one was that uh, you did a great video with and had the swimming and so on? Oh, yes, that's a move over bird. A friend of mine who lives in North Carolina, actually. Um, the, actually, Mr. and Mrs. Clark, they are both my friend. And Casey Clark, the wife, she was the a video creator. Yes, yeah. she yeah. made me a beautiful video with my poem and uh, visuals, yes. Okay, well, now, Miho, let's go ahead uh, say the title of your new book again. I love it. I love the poetry in it. Now, I don't have it with me. You were very gracious, but I uh, came into the studio. I've been on the road doing different things, and I've uh, been on the road for five hours, so I left it back at home. So uh, you're going to have to let's go with it, just like you were doing a poetry reading. Give us the title mm-hmm. and read us some poetry, okay? Okay. Um, so the title is Waiting for Sunset to Barry Red Camellias. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to read the title poem a little later. Maybe the first poem I want to read is, well, why not? Three Shrimp Boats on the Horizon. Mm-hmm. So um, this poem was, as I said, chosen for the anthology Best American Poetry. And uh, the person, the poet, uh, Elaine Equi, she wrote about my poem in the introduction because she likes a short poem, and mine is probably the shortest poem in the book. There are only 27 words in my poem, (laughs) and it's organized in three stanzas, three lines each, three words each. So actually, the poem is made up with 27 words. That's it. Mm. (laughs) I'm going to read it. Please. Three shrimp boats on the horizon. Moon, white, eagles. Kites, birth, horizon. Air, water, wishes. Turn, wait, listen. 
space mirrors distance. Depth tones whisper. Prussian blues dreams. Cries lost crystal. Rock paper scissors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can visualize that. Talk a little bit about uh, that poem and how you right. how you came to develop it and share it. Mm-hmm. Yes, so I wrote this poem on the January 1st, 2022. I went to the polar bear swim. We just walk into the water and come up. Um, it's South Carolina. It's not that cold, but the water is about 50 degrees and it's cold. But it was a beautiful day. And um, the this word is like, you know, my step, I'm walking to the ocean, seeing the moon, white seagulls. I really had that in my head when I was on the beach. It was just so beautiful, and people were playing, and, you know, it's such a happy picture. And there, But I was thinking, you know, at this moment, there are people who are suffering, people who are going through a very difficult time. So I started to think about those people and then how lucky all of us on the beach are. But then, you know, it's a chance of, uh, it's a, it's a, you know, we don't know what's going to happen next moment. So I said at the end, rock, paper, scissors. We don't know if we're going to win or lose, but I just wanted to hold on to that moment. So that's what this poem is about. Absolutely. There's a, uh... To be a little highbrow here, you get into the existentialism of the poem <laughs> and uh, the human condition. And you mentioned that this was when you were this was at Hilton Head, right? And yes, yes, mm-hmm. and and you were walking there, and you mentioned the polar bear swim. Folks listening out there on WEHC ninety point seven, we're coming to you from an mm-hmm. Emory and Henry campus. Uh, Miho is an outstanding swimmer. <laughs> And she sends uh, pictures on Facebook. Now, I have to, and I'm going to bring you back to poetry, Miho, but let's talk a little bit about your swimming because you're somewhat of a legend and you get out there and and talk something and you swim the ocean there and talk a little bit about this in your group. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. um, I I grew up swimming in the swimming pool since I was 10. I was on the swim team. And I did some scuba diving when in my 20s. But ever since I moved to Hilton Head, I discovered, you know, just to live very close to the water. And uh, there is a, a race every year in Beaufort, which is the next town over from Hilton Head. Mm-hmm. There's a five-kilometer, 3.2-mile, uh, sort of long-distance swim race, which I participate every year. And I kind of discovered the joy of uh, ocean swimming. And we swim maybe March through December, actually. The last swim was uh, December 20th this past year. So we swim most of the time. I don't swim in the midsummer because there are too many jellyfish, and uh, sharks tend to come to the beach when there are so many people on the beach. But I swim almost year-round in the ocean, at least once a week. And uh, sometimes we watch the sunrise, and that's just the most beautiful thing. And you have a group of friends that you've been doing this with a long mm-hmm. time, right? That's right, yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, I guess you're not supposed to swim by yourself in the ocean, right? Right. And uh, how far that you've covered, uh, have you 
Did you do mm-hmm. the thing? Uh, how far have you been swimming in the past years? Did you you know about the woman who swam from Cuba to <laughs> Key West? You know, you know that's, like the yeah. movie. Uh, yes, Nayad, right? Oh no, we don't mm-hmm. do that long. <laughs> we do maybe fifteen hundred to two thousand yards. Okay. When we swim, yes. Well, so, do you wear wet? You're in wetsuits sometimes, right? You, do you wear wetsuits? Wet yes, right, yes. Mm-hmm. After October, November, yes, mm-hmm. you do. we do need a wetsuit, yes. Okay, now, when we're talking about what you're doing there at Hilton Head, you've done a lot of good things to promote poetry and reading, and I wanted mm-hmm. you, before we get back to your latest book and some more poetry from it, I wanted you to talk a little bit about uh, what you've been doing down there to promote um, poetry in the schools and reading. And I know you have a little mm-hmm. library, too. Talk a little bit about what you've been doing. All right. Yes, my library, I call it uh, an island bookshop, a bookshelf. And I have uh, two or three, you know, the bookshelves with rollers. And uh, I have a weekend pop-up bookstore at the Art Center in Hilton Head Island. They kindly let me stay in their box office lobby and I get books from my friends and also the friends of the library. And they give me some books. And uh, people stop by. We talk about books. And some people pick up five, ten books. Um, and then the money goes back to the library. It's almost for me to kind of be in the public with books and meet new people. We sometimes do poetry workshops right there. So it's been such a, I've been doing this for three years now, going into mm-hmm. the fourth year next mm-hmm. month. It's been a very kind of rewarding experience. And uh, um, other than that, we do have poetry readings, like especially in October, November time. This is uh, Art and Culture Month on Hilton Head Island. It's mm-hmm. called the Crescendo. And uh, we've been organizing, uh, inviting uh, guests, poets, from around the state. So Marcus Amaker, the, the first uh, poet laureate of Charleston, he was the guest last year. And this year, uh, one of the guests was uh, Rock Hill's current poet laureate. So we, we get to meet interesting people who come down and do the reading for us. And you have some great bookstores around there, too. And isn't there one over in Savannah where you read sometimes? Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about yes. that. The, the book lady bookstore is, the, I think she's the second generation book lady. She was working for the previous owner and uh, she inherited the bookstore. And this is a really a beautiful, quintessential, cute bookstore. They have used books, new books. Um, just the, the bookstore is packed with books. Even the bathroom is half a bookshelf. And, uh, yes, um, they hold a lot of readings. Uh, mainly, the, probably the best reading series is Georgia Circuit Poets. Mm. Uh, they host the reading um, probably at least once in a quarter. They're really good poets. I really enjoy those events. Mm-hmm. It's very, they are really good support of local writers. Well, the name of that bookstore again is uh, what? The Book Lady. The Book Lady, the yeah. Book Lady and I think, bookstore. didn't she blurb one of your books, I think, or... Oh, yes, yeah, she did, yeah. she did. When you did the blurb. Mm. <laughs> yes. Oh, we're on the, the same blurb. blurb then. Well, I'm, I'm honored. You be sure to say uh, hello <laughs> to the book lady for us. Uh, yes. And, Her uh, name is Johnny. Johnny Saxon Adjusty, yes. 
<laughs> well, Johnny, yes, uh, I'll say that. Tonight. Did you say Johnny? Yeah. Is it uh, right? Johnny, J O N I. Johnny is J-O- the name. Oh, yes. Okay, J O N I. Well, hello, Johnny, and this is Henry McCarthy of Poets and Writers coming to you out of Southwest Virginia today. So, giving you a shout out here, and uh, we're <laughs> talking with Miho, of course. And Miho, now you've done a lot of work. Just to, could you talk a little bit about your work uh, workshops with children? I know that you've done some good work there. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that. Um, right, yes. I have been visiting schools at various times on different projects. Um, a couple of years ago, I worked with the fourth graders of one, two, three, four public schools in the area. So I visited fourth grade class, and we talked about haiku. And in some, one of the classes was uh, English immersion class of uh, Spanish-speaking children, and some of them spoke really good English, and they acted as an interpreter for their new students who really did not much English yet. You know, I felt so close to them. I was a English as a second language student myself, so, you know, I felt very close to them. And then I found a haiku uh, written by Lorca, Mm-hmm. Lorca. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had an English version and a Spanish version. Mm-hmm. And I asked uh, one of the young students uh, to read in Spanish. And she was so happy to speak in Spanish. And she read, she gave such a beautiful reading. <laughs> it's one of the you know, best memories of me visiting schools recently. <laughs> Well, now, you mentioned Lorca. Uh, can you talk mm-hmm. just uh, briefly about, about Lorca, how you how you were inspired? Hmm. Um, Spanish poetry is very close to Japanese poetry, if you think about it. For example, you know, English, Anglo-Saxon poets, you think of, I don't know, uh, Wordsworth or Longfellow or even um, Yeats or Keats. You have certain image of those mm-hmm. poetry, right? It's mm-hmm. uh, iambic pentameter and the longer sentences, and then they tell you the experience and all that. But Spanish poetry, Lorca included, is more compact mm-hmm. and uh, passionate. It's very visual as well. So I felt very close to uh, Lorca's poetry from the beginning. So when I found he wrote, he called it Haikai, but he wrote the poetry um, haiku mm-hmm. and with with Western subjects as well. I think he found out quite early on, and he was imitating the style. But, you know, he did it in his own style. So haiku is kind of amazing. When haiku goes to other countries, they become Spanish haiku. Or, like, even America, um, like, uh, so Leonard Moore, our common friend, mm-hmm. he does jazz haiku. Yes. So African-American yes. poets write yes. their yes. own haiku, mm-hmm. and it's so different and so unique. So well, I, that, is, I, uh, mm-hmm. that is so interesting because you mentioned Lorca, and then Leonard Cohen was inspired by Lorca, and you also mm-hmm. uh, mentioned Leonard. Uh, yeah. Talk, talk about, a little bit about Leonard. He's been on the show, and you guys have done some poetry together, right? And he's yes. In, in, uh, Mm-hmm. Um, Leonard, uh, recently his newest book is called A Million Shadows at Noon. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a beautiful small book of haiku, but he's such a prolific 
writer. I think he was in like over 100 anthologies and he was published in 500 journals or, but that when we, we wrote together, mm-hmm. um, Leonard and I wrote together about six months or to nine months together, almost every day. And, uh, we did that linked poetry. Mm-hmm. So it's like a haiku and a three line poetry followed by two lines. And uh, we also, so we keep going, you know, three lines, Leonard write three lines, I follow with two, Leonard three, and two keep going about up until 36 verses together. Wow, wow. And what I noticed was that I ran out of stamina and ideas <laughs> and everything. But well, he, Leonard, he doesn't. No. He just keeps going. Yeah, we, we're talking about Leonard Moore, correct? Yes. Yes, and he lives. Uh, he's been on the show. He's writ large. He's uh, was featured in our state magazine recently. A big mm-hmm. article about oh, him, yes. and uh, I love it because he grew up in the country and uh, he can talk about uh, working in the fields and vegetables as well as doing haiku. So mm-hmm. he's and right. I, I know that you are very gifted. So you have worked uh, with a number of poets, and then the one out of D.C. Uh, talk a little bit about that poet that you've. Oh uh, yes, uh, e- e- Ethelbert Miller. Actually. He knows of Leonard Moore, too, uh-huh. so they're connected. And I think when uh, Ethelbert wrote a book of haiku, he shared it with him, then with me. So that is very tightly connected as well. Um, he and I published a book of poems. Uh, it's called uh, We Eclipse Into the Other Side. That was published May last year. Yeah. And say so, his name again because I think he has an honorary doctorate, doctorate from Emory and Henry College where we yes, I poets and writers. So. Yeah. Yes, uh, his yeah. name is E. Ethelbert Miller. Mm-hmm. E. Yes. Ethelbert Miller, and he is also yes. a baseball fan. I know that, and you've re- he's written some poems right. about baseball. Yes, I think uh, he he had a trilogy of three books of poetry. They're all based on baseball. Okay, yes. well, let's get back to Miho Kennis now. We've... <laughs> been uh, talking about other folks and we're, you read mm-hmm. one poem from your latest book which is very beautiful mm-hmm. and I, I love the book and I love the poems and it's actually beside my bed at home and I don't have it with me but I want you to go ahead and choose a couple more poems just go for it mm-hmm. and give okay. the title again um, yes so the title of the book is Waiting for Sunset to Bury Led Camarius mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so this title comes from one of the poems. I have a sequence. You know, there are eight poems put together, mm-hmm. and uh, it has uh, its own title. It's called The Sea Fog Arrives to Hide the Lies of a Woman Poet. Okay. The Sea Fog Arrives to Hide the Lies of a Woman Poet. Mm-hmm. So, um, and um, this one, as I said, it's a sequence. There are eight sections, and each one has something like a haiku in it. Okay. Um, let me read the first one okay. so you know what I'm talking about, right? Right. Okay, one. As I fear for my eyesight, you fear our memory. As you feel for my soul, I feel for your mind. I often visit a walled city in my dreams where the gate closes at sunset. Not a second later or before. With the chart, a wise mathematician's invention, even on a rainy day, the girls with fierce dogs close the gate promptly 
at the prescribed time. I see you just beyond the arc of the gate. The field of golden rods where you lost your earring. So the field of golden rods where you lost your earring is the haiku. Mm-hmm. And the story behind this sequence is I wrote 100 haiku about 10 colors. So I wrote 10 haiku about the color yellow or gold. So this haiku is one of them. And I wrote 100 of them. I didn't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, as I put together my manuscript into a book, mm-hmm. I was playing with each haiku. So, as you heard, you know, I was talking about the walled city and the gates closed mm-hmm. and all that. So, I started to make up a story or write a little personal essay type things around the haiku mm-hmm. and make it into eight sections. Okay, now... We have a great producer here on Poets and Writers, WEHC 90.7. So we're watching the clock here, Miho. And as we uh, begin to move on down the road here, I uh, want you to talk a little bit more. Again, where can they uh, find this great book and, and mention all three of your books again? Okay. Um, so this book, well, actually, the other two books, mm-hmm. the first one, Today, Fish Only, and the second one, Move Over Birds, are practically out of print. Mm-hmm. If you contact the Book Lady bookstore in Savannah at mm-hmm. Joni, they may have a few copies left. That's pretty much it. However, my third book is available from Free Birth Press. Dot com. If you uh, yes, if you go to the website freebirthpress.com, it is available. But also, you can find it on Amazon. Okay, well. all right, Miho Kennison. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say Japanese poet, but you're a universal poet. You really are, and you're such a joy to know. <laughs> and I first met you at the Pat Conroy Festival yes. uh, so, so uh, celebration, so to speak, down there. And I know you do things yes. with them every year, and. And they talk mm-hmm. about uh, how impressed they are with your poetry and your swimming. Do you have a brief haiku for us to close out the show today, Miho Kennis? Okay, I will read a uh, haiku here. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Let me hurry up. Well, whatever you want to do, it's up to you. <laughs> okay. Okay. I have actually a tanka today. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, can I read two, maybe? You're going to have to go for it, please. Okay. <laughs> Mysterious haiku, I mean, tanka is, I was looking for you in a bag of groceries mm-hmm. on the table, burnt, toast, smell, lingering. Mm-hmm. So this is a kitchen mm-hmm. tanka I write. I love it. Um, last one. Let's see. Oh, maybe this is a love tanka. Mm-hmm. In the darkness of your heart, I write to you about the things that make my heart beat faster. Oh, that's very beautiful. Miho Kennis on Poets and Writers today. Miho, thank you so much for being on the show. And we Thank you so much for having me. Well, we love talking with you and we love your poetry. And uh, thanks again. And this is Henry McCarthy saying, do not wait up for me. Do not be afraid to stay or still away. I'm going out to write a poem and 
Watch the children play. Thanks for listening.